Welcome to Kick Some ADHD, the podcast for professionals and business owners who struggle to stay focused and get the important stuff done. We'll help you understand how to maximize the unique advantages that come with ADHD and learn ways to keep the struggles and negative impacts at bay. Now, here are your hosts, ADHD coach for professionals, Dana Rayburn, and digital marketing strategist, David Johnson. All right, welcome to Kick Some ADHD. I am David Johnson, the noisemaker, and with me is my amazing co-host, the actual expert, Dana Rayburn. Dana, how are you? David, I'm fabulous. How are you doing today? I am. I'm doing great. I'm. I'm excited about this podcast because I think we have the opportunity to do some really cool stuff, and I think that we. I think there are a lot of people who are are business leaders and business professionals who you know, diagnosed or not, <laughs> they can yeah. identify with what we're talking about. And so uh, I'm excited about this. I am too. I am too. And what I think is so funny is we've known we were going to record this for a week and we didn't, even though we're both excited about it, we didn't really start working on this episode until maybe 15 minutes before we got on air. And this is ah. proof that we both have ADHD. <laughs> I thought about it a lot. Oh, me too. Yeah. My, but that's the thing, right? Is it, you know, your brain is in the background doing work on things. And then when the moment comes, you know, that's one of the ways that the magic happens. Exactly. And then there are other times when you're just slinging BS because you have no preparation whatsoever. Hey, you know, the motto in my business, if you can't dazzle them with brilliance, baffle them with bold. Absolutely. All right. Well, I know that one of the things that people are going to be asking when they listen to this podcast is, who the heck are these people and why should I listen to them and, and, and why should I care about what they have to say? And so I, I think, you know, as, as we talk, Dana, I think it makes sense for us to get uh, a little bit personal today and just kind of talk about the, the, the background of each of us and sort of why we're doing this and how we got here and all that sort of good stuff. So with your permission, Dana, I would like to interview you. <laughs> for this episode. Ooh, yes, go for it, David. All right. Go for it. So, uh, you know, everybody with ADHD, uh, uh, you know, I was diagnosed as an adult. I think you were too, but we all have these stories about what life was like before we got diagnosed with ADHD, before we knew what this was. So I'm curious about you because um, you were diagnosed a little while ago, if I recall correctly. Yeah, it was about 20 years ago. 20 years ago. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, it was not a smooth path to diagnosis. Oh. I first I first heard, actually, it was more than that. It was maybe 23, 24 years ago now when I first heard about ADHD. Okay. And, and um, actually, I was a professional organizer at the time, and I was at a professional organizer, which is a huge joke, but we'll talk more about that in a minute. I, yeah, I can't But wait. I was... <laughs> but I was I was at a professional organizer conference sharing a room with uh, my dear friend Linda Anderson, who now is also an ADHD coach. And she, I was jumping around the room. She's sitting on the bed, and we're getting ready to go to the speaks, the, you know, the talks for the day. She's sitting calmly on the bed, all ready to go, and I'm pinballing around the room, forgetting things, talking to myself, you know, zipping, doing, being. ADHD. And she calmly looked at me and she said, Dana, have you ever heard of attention deficit disorder? It was called ADD in those days. And I said, no, I haven't. She suggested I buy a couple of books. I did and sat in the bookstore parking lot crying because I thought, oh, oh. my God, this is what's been going on with me all these years. This is why. Wow. And it was, yeah. And I didn't 
get a formal diagnosis to, for a number of years mm-hmm. later. Um, and we can talk more about that if you have questions about it. But that was how I first discovered it. Wow. So, um, all right, come on now, professional organizer. <laughs> okay. Let's talk. I mean, we got to. I mean, we got we got to talk about that. Okay. So we have to back wind back the the history tape to okay. when I. I was growing up, I was one of the most disorganized people anybody had ever known. I was the poster child for the other mothers um, in the neighborhood for their kids. So you don't want to be like Dana, do you? So you better pick up your room. It was my room was an absolute disaster. And this went on for many, many years. And I, um, I lived at home when I went to college. And and then I when I first started my my corporate career, I was still living at home. And and I, um, my dad used to laugh because he would say, you look, you look like you're, you know, dressed, you're dressed so beautifully. And they, if they, people knew what a pigsty you walked out of, they would just be appalled. Anyway, uh, when I got married, I realized that I needed to learn how to be organized because Scott is not a disorganized person and he just wouldn't be able to put up with this. And I kind of like him a lot and I wanted this marriage to last, which Mm. thankfully it has. And um, so I realized I needed to learn how to be organized. So I went to classes, I read books, I figured it out. But then I started to notice that I can't be organized in a way that these books and these other professional organizing people are telling me to be. It, It I needed it to be different. So I started figuring it out how someone who was distracted and scattered and thought like me could learn to be organized. Wow. And I didn't, I, but of course I didn't know about ADHD then. I was I was in my mid-20s at this time. Um, it took two years for me to completely change from being totally disorganized to being disorganized, to being organized, excuse me. Two years, you said? Yep, yep two okay. years. Clearing clutter a little bit at a time, setting and, but up all systems. this time. You're, you're, you're. So, what are you doing professionally at this time? I was then a corporate systems analyst. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So details and and, and like you enjoy like systems and processes and things. Is that? <laughs> yeah, I do. I do, and um, to an extent, I don't like finishing the systems and processes. But yes, I mean, where's I, the fun I, in that? <laughs> And also they picked me for my job because my boss picked me because she wanted someone who I was doing the user interface between the techies and the clients. Uh, and I was the one that was always running around the hallways talking to everybody and not getting my work done. But she wanted someone that could talk to people and was social. So she picked me. Little did she know. Anyway, you needed to be good. the interface. Absolutely. Yeah. OK. See, <laughs> yeah. there's a that's fantastic. But productivity wasn't my strong point then. Oh, my. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, that's a whole different story. So fast forward, um, Scott and I, just we were living in Los Angeles at the time, and we decided this was not a place we chose to live anymore. We wanted a more rural lifestyle. We were thinking ahead of having a family. And to be able to support an L.A. lifestyle, we realized we would have to work a lot more in these corporate jobs that we really didn't like than we were willing to do. So we sold our house, quit our jobs, we traveled for a year, and we ended up in Southern Oregon. This is like a very Uh, millennial thing to do. I just want you to know you were way ahead of your time. We were way ahead of our time. And actually, it's a very ADHD thing because Scott and I Mm. were sitting at the table one day and I said, how about if we quit our jobs and sell our house and travel for a year? Oh, and we could take a freighter to Europe and do all these things. And he said, 
hey, yeah, let's do it. So there's nothing <laughs> impulsive about this at all. Nothing, nothing impulsive about this at all. Anyway, we ended up in Southern Oregon, which is gorgeous and rural. And there I was. Scott is a at that time was a public relations professional. So he was starting a practice and I um, got here and realized I don't like working for minimum wage. I'm not incredibly employable anyway, David. And Ouch. I mean, I, cause yeah, you know, yeah. many of us are, we're just not. And cause we're too outspoken and we want to do things our own way and all of that. I don't know Anyhow, anything about that. <laughs> right. And am I talking too much, David? You're doing you great. To... This is fantastic. Okay. Oh, okay. So, I was at a networking meeting thinking, okay, I need to start some sort of a business and I don't, I don't know what to do, but I, I'll just go to this women's networking meeting. And someone came up to me and said, I need help organize, organizing my office. She was a printer. I need help organizing my office. Can you help me do that? And I, of course, said, sure, I can do that. I had no idea. The answer is always not. yes. <laughs> the answer is always yes. yes. It used to be in those days. Oh, boy. Um, so that was my first client. And it was great. And I helped her and, and my business took off from there and I was, you know, did the marketing and all of that stuff. So I was a professional organizer for about eight years. That is fantastic. And yeah. and so in, in that time period, when you were a professional organizer, you got, you, you became aware through your friend, you read the books. I can picture you crying in the parking lot of the bookstore. I get that. How did it, how did it affect you? Like when you, re, first of all, you realized that later you got a formal diagnosis. Did that change much for you when you actually got the formal diagnosis or, or, well, you have to remember I was by then I was an ADHD coach and I was immersed in this world okay. of potential deficit like I am now. Yeah. The reason I got the diagnosis and actually I went to the neurologist and told him what my diagnosis was. Well, and, you saved and, him some trouble. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, uh, and he, he realized then because living in a rural area, there wasn't, there were not ADHD experts. Sure. Yeah. Anyway, um, he said, you probably know more about this than I do. So the reason I got the diagnosis is because by then we had a two-year-old daughter who uh. is the light of our lives. And she, we adopted her from India and, and she does, so she does, has no ADHD whatsoever. But I realized I could not parent the way I wanted to, um, I was, I was so that my reaction, you know, that, that hair trigger reaction and, and not being able to be focused and centered and present with her oh, wow. was really bothering me. And so I realized, okay, I, the, now I cannot push through on my own. I need medication. So, I need help. So you were, you were thriving. Okay. Professionally and had figured that part out to some extent, but it was actually being a mom that, that did it to you. Yeah. 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 In, in the ADHD biz, we call it hitting the wall. And that for so many of us, there's a point where we hit Ooh. the wall and we can't do it on our own anymore. And we need help. Um, I was doing okay professionally, but I still wasn't where I am now with the consistency of mm. my brain now is basically at my beck and call most days. And, but in those days I still would have the days where I would just, you know, be not be able to focus, sit at the screen, staring at the screen, not being able to get stuff done, but not as much as I had before. So how did you make the transition from being a professional organizer with ADHD to being an ADHD coach? And like, was that even a thing at the time? <laughs> like, yeah. I, it was starting to be a thing. Was I was it? on the very, the very first, I'm one of the early mm -hmm. ADHD coaches, one of the first, um, 
as a professional organizer, I became to I came to realize that as an organizer, you're allowed to ask the question about what are you going to do with this piece of paper or what are you going to do with this clutter? But I realized that the real problem wasn't the clutter. It wasn't the paper. It was deeper than that. Mm-hmm. And I was not able to help people on a level that I wanted to. Oh, wow. Because you, and because it it's more than what what are you going to do with this piece of paper? It's why can't you get rid of this, rid of this piece of paper? What's going on? Why can't you focus? Why can't you do what you intend to do? Why can't you be the person that you really want to be? So being a a professional organizer wasn't enough for me. And that was when um, I, my friend Linda, again, Linda Anderson, she she was starting to become an ADHD coach by then. And we talked about it and she suggested that that would be the approach I take. That is so cool. So I I recognize that issue, right? If I look around my office here, cause I'm still new on my little journey. There yeah. are, there are piles and there are things there are like, there, there might be a piece of paper in there and it, it it's got latent potential. Yeah. <laughs> if you ask yeah. me to throw it away, it's like, no, it's got, right. there might, that could turn into something. There could be a thing that comes out of that. I'm excited about that. And then making the decision to throw it away or file it or, or put it somewhere where it's going to be out of sight, which means it might very well be out of mind is like devastating. It's like psycho it's deep seated psychological stuff for me. I don't know if that's exactly. what you were running into, yeah. Yes. Yes, and it yeah, exactly. And it's it's really yeah, the clutter is a symptom, a sign, but it's not really about the clutter. Right. No. Yeah. The clutter is not the and, issue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and as a professional organizer, you I didn't feel I had the license to the permission to ask those deeper questions. Sure. Wow. Wow. So you were working with people face to face then, right? You're in their space and you're actually organizing physically, right? Yes. I'd go into offices and things and homes. And and so today, how is your, how is your business different today compared to what it was before and who you serve and like, you know, what, what are the things you would like, like light your fire about it? Yeah. I, I love what I do. I, I can't believe I, people pay me to do this. Um, it's just so much fun. And I now I work virtually, so I work by mostly by phone. I have some clients overseas that we do Zoom or Skype, but it's um, it's all by phone with people all over the mostly U.S. But Canada, I've got a client in Saudi Arabia, I've got a client in India, I've had clients in Singapore and in different places. So it's Dubai. Um, anyway, I um, work virtually with people, and it's more than just the organizing. Yes, that's a big component of it. But it's also I work with time management. I work with symptoms management. It's because the core of ADHD is how do you get your brain to support you and do what you want it to want it to do? Hello. Preach it, sister. Yeah. And if we ignore that part and and I think a lot of well, I'm not going to say that, but a a lot of people just say it's that I just need medication. But realistically, a lot of people don't want to take medication or they can't take medication or they can't afford to take medication. I mean, we're self-employed. You know what the, our medical insurance is like. I don't even want to um, talk about that right now. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Cause we'll both start to cry. I know this was a and, fine episode, right? No, anyways. Sorry. Yeah, it was great until we all started <laughs> worrying about our medical insurance. That's basically non-existent. Anyhow. Um, so it's the symptoms and we got to look at the symptoms. So when I'm working with clients, it's, we're, we're, it's, 
two two pronged. It's okay, we got to get your brain to work for you. And then you need to learn these skills, you need to learn how to be able to organize your desk, how to be able to manage your time, how to be able to manage your tasks and get stuff done. And you have to be able to learn how to do it in a way that works for an ADHD brain. Boy, that is so there's, there are so many systems and things out there, David, that that are for people without ADHD that are fine tools for them. But we got different challenges and we have to have the things that we're doing for our ADHD fit how we think. Yeah, absolutely. Or how we don't think, depending on the date. No. Right. <laughs> exactly. Kidding. Well, I mean, you know, it's true. And one of the things that I love about the work that you do, Dana, is that you you sort of confront this tendency that a lot of people with ADHD have towards per- perfectionism and you confront it by saying we're not really this is not about perfection this is about becoming this is about reducing your variability you you put it more eloquently than that right but it's like consistency yeah. it's about consistency yeah and just yeah. increasing the level of consistency yeah and that's because that's something that you know it took me I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know how many years, but a lot from I started being organized and then being learning how to manage time and all of that stuff. That was probably, that was a 40, a 35 year journey. Wow. And, and people want it right now. And we can't have it right now because this is making tiny steps over time and building that consistency over time. So what I do with my clients is it's, okay, we're going to start to increase your consistency a little bit. And I'm teaching you the skills. So as you practice them yourself throughout your life, you won't be working with me anymore. I don't want to work with people forever. Um, it's so as you build your consistency over time, you'll get better and better and better. That is really cool. Well, I have I have experienced the work that you do, and I can't recommend it highly enough. If someone's listening and you're thinking, "Wow, I, I really do need some help," um, working with Dana is the way to go. I mean, I mean, I'm 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 just delighted with not and not just not just what I've experienced myself, but being a part of the success club and listening to some of the other folks who have um, you know been with you, some of them for a little while. Yeah. And they've come a long way, and you hear yeah. that in their stories, and it's just uh, that's just fantastic. That's just, yeah. that's just really cool. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, David here. I hope you're enjoying hearing about what Dana does. And you know, this podcast is not about promoting us. It's not about promoting me or promoting Dana, but. Since we're early in the podcast and we're just getting going, I think it's really important for me to take just a minute to talk with you about what Dana does do and what she offers. And in fact, you know, coaching is not necessarily right for everybody. Maybe the success club that she's got, which you're hearing about on this episode, is not necessarily right for everybody. But if you're like me and you are a podcast listener, maybe you're also a listener to audiobooks. And maybe you like to hear information and and consume things that are helpful or interesting while you're on the go or while you're doing other things. Listen, if that's true for you, then I think you owe it to yourself to check out Dana's brand new audio program. This is called The Foundations of ADHD Success. And it's an audio program that Dana offers it's a much lower investment level than any of the success club or, or, or coaching options that she has available. And I really think you're going to love it. I've talked about it before, but in case you haven't heard about it, she talks about three ADHD truths, all about how your brain works, 
moving beyond shame and guilt, how to consistently get your motivation working for you. (laughs) She talks about all the symptoms of ADHD. She talks about uh, the things that you can't fix because you don't notice. Module 2 of this audio program, which, by the way, is is split up into 15 ADHD-friendly parts. So if you want to consume it in little chunks a little bit at a time, that's great. Or if you want to just power through it because you're hyper-focused, hey, that works too. <laughs> so um, she talks about awareness, but awareness by itself is not enough. So Module 2, two gets into not just awareness, but also ways to help catch and correct when you're off track so that you don't stay off track. And then the third module is all about clarity. Clarity is your friend. She talks about ways to set up your life for success, um, finding the most stressful challenges, the source of those challenges, and learning how to overcome those, making clear plans to help you avoid uh, procrastination and distractions. Really good stuff. I think you're going to love it. Like I said, the investment level is minimal, and you can find... Dana's Foundations of ADHD Success audio program on her website. It's DanaRayburn.com, D-A-N-A-R-A-Y-B-U-R-N.com. Or you can check out the show notes from today's episode, but hit DanaRayburn.com. It's not at the top of the homepage there, but scroll down a little bit. You'll see it. There's a green button that says Get Access Now. In fact, there's actually there are several of those. And uh, there's more information all about the program there, and there's a place for you to go check out. And I would really think that you would be delighted. In fact, you're going to thank me if you get a hold of Dana's Foundations of ADHD Success audio program. Visit DanaRayburn.com and check it out today. And if you do connect with Dana there, uh, make sure you mention that you heard it on the podcast. All right, so we're talking with Dana. Dana, we're talking about you today. And I appreciate you this because you're like, you're, you're, you're willingly opening the the book and and sharing i was going to say opening the kimono but you know it's 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 a corporate <laughs> no, we don't want to it's a corporate term and it doesn't mean at all what it sounds like but then again it does so i don't know anyway uh so um let's talk let's talk about this so so i mean there's so many topics that are going to be covered in future episodes of kick some adhd and so let's let's do this what is it like why bother with a podcast? I mean, obviously you do coaching, so you talk about this stuff day in and day out. So, so what is it about about a podcast that's kind of appealing to you? And like, if we could accomplish something together with a podcast, what what would what would sort of be like a dream come true scenario that you see as an outcome from that? Why I wanted to do this podcast with you, David, and why I write my weekly newsletter and have all the blogs and everything on my website from 12 years is it's really important to me to help ADHD people make their lives easier, to get their ADHD out of their way so they can reach their potential. I am absolutely passionate about that. Not everybody wants to work with me as a coach. Not everybody has the money to hire me. Not it's not everybody's ready. And as what I can do to help people remove that block of the ADHD that's often just smack dab in the middle of their path of their intentions and the life they want to create. That's what I'm about is make ADHD easier because it's hard to live with undiagnosed, unmanaged ADHD. It's awful. It's painful and it's wrong. We have so many great ideas. We have so much potential, so much to give to the world. And we can't because our brains think differently than the world wants them to think. All right. 
<laughs> I like it. How's I, that? You ask. Baby. I can I can get behind <laughs> that. I can really get yeah. behind that. Honestly, this is uh, this is this is a blast for me. So, uh, rapid fire. Uh, most influential book you've read or listened to in the last six months. Most impactful book for you. Mind Mind Hacking Happiness by Sean Webb. Okay. All right. Why? Because it shows how to actually watch your emotions and understand where they're coming from and how to adjust them and get out of and, and stop from going off on this emotional tailspin. Nice. Okay. And obviously with ADHD, that's one of the things we deal with, right? Is, is emotional exactly. like flooding and other types of emotional control and regulation issues. I, I, I like it. All right. Um, what do you call people with ADHD? <laughs> I call them people with ADHD, adults with ADHD. Uh, there's a term out there that a lot of people use in the biz, and it's adhd -er. I don't like that. I am not an adhd -er. I happen to be a person with ADHD, and that's a fine distinction. Mm. But I am more than my attention deficit. And my attention deficit is just something that I need to be aware of. I need to manage. I need to make sure it's not blocking my potential. But it doesn't define who I am. I love that. I really do, actually. And I think the words we use are important. You know, we, we what they, they shape our beliefs and our, and, and our self-concept and our concepts about others, for that matter. So I, I think that's a nuanced thing. So you won't hear Dana call people ADHDers on this podcast. You'll hear her refer, refer to them as people with ADHD, which I like. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah. Okay. No, go oh, ahead. Well, anyway, it's easier to say ADHDer. It just is. It is. It's faster. Yeah. It's easier to write. But I just don't agree with it. I wish we and could drop a few syllables from the name. Like it used to be ADD, and that was uh, yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. easier to say. Uh, and somewhere least. along, I don't know, it was 10, 15 years ago, they added the H in for the hyperactivity, which isn't really – people get confused because I, I have inattentive type ADHD. So my brain is hyperactive. My body isn't. And so a lot of people get, are, get really confused and it's, it's named wrong, but that's a whole different, but you know, even that's come a long way because I was doing some digging around in the history and the, and the first uh, person on record to describe what we now call ADHD was a, a, a man by the name of Sir George still. And you know what his term was for it? You ready for this? Yeah. An abnormal defect of moral, moral character in children. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean that's awful. The old, old what year? Do you remember what year that 1902. was? Nineteen oh two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> An abnormal defect of moral character in children, and I, I assure you that that we that have ADHD are not necessarily people with no moral character. <laughs> <laughs> but it, anyway, we could get that's a whole topic, isn't it? Our podcast. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah, it is. And I'm looking forward to having all of those conversations. So what about uh, in your personal time when you're not coaching people and not uh, writing and doing things on your computer for work? Oh, my gosh. Um, well, I'm kind of a busy girl. My daughter's in college now, so she's no longer living at home. So she, she used to take a big chunk of time. I'm in a ukulele group. I love to sing. Singing is one of my passions I've done my whole life. And it, and so I'm in a ukulele group, not because I'm a good ukulele player, but because I it's easy to sing with. And then I go have beer with people and we sit around in pubs and sing and drink beer. And then I'm also, I'm a gardener. I'm a master gardener and my garden is a lovely little mess. And I volunteer, um, with the hospice house garden committee oh, and wow. I'm, I'm on our community emergency response team. So, um, learning medical stuff and, you know, and all kinds of things like that. What else? I do a 
a lot of things. I'm kind of a busy person. Understandably <laughs> so. Understandably so. Yes, absolutely. Well, this has been fun. I think it's great. I think people want to know who it is they're listening to and, yeah. and, and, and get to know some of those details. And I'm sure people can identify with much of what you've shared today. So thank you so much for like allowing us to dig around in your personal life and <laughs> in oh, your history and I, talk about this stuff. It, well, yeah, I've always been pretty much of an open book about it because one of the big things is we have to learn that we're not alone. With ADHD, we think we're alone. We think we're the only one that's like that, and we aren't. And having a community, having a tribe, and understanding that, oh, my gosh, what I experience, other people experience, that's one of the powers that I find in my group program, the ADHD Success Club, is people sharing their experiences, and, and they feel like they have a tribe. And that's absolutely essential for us. It is, and I'm looking forward to, to us as we as we grow this podcast, and hopefully someone listens to it someday. Um, we'll, we'll have our tribe. We'll have like our own little group that, that hangs yeah. around, so I'm looking forward to that, and if you would like to write in and share something with, you know, I'm going to ask you as a listener, what, what jumped out at you today? What, what is it you're itching to share? Go to kicksomeadhd.com, and, uh, and there's a feedback form there, and I'd love for you to share with us Maybe you have a question. Maybe you have something that Dana said that you want to, you know, complain about. And and by all means, complain about what Dana says, but not me. No, I'm kidding. Um, so, <laughs> so do that. Let's do this. One last thing today, Dana. What would be a, a takeaway from this episode? If there's one thing that someone listening could, could remember, what would you want them to hang on to from today? It's building consistency. We're not after perfection. It's consistently becoming more and more able to manage your ADHD over time. So you may be starting at, at, at a really low, slow point, like 20% of the time I plan my day. And your goal isn't to plan your day perfectly every single day, because with ADHD, we don't do that. That's absolutely unrealistic. What you want to do is, is over time, gradually become more and more consistent. So maybe someday, 80% of the time you're planning your day. And that will make a huge, huge change in your life. If you if you stop aiming to be perfect, but aim to be more consistent. I love it. Awesome. Well, that's what we're going to do until next time. And I'm looking forward to it. Thanks, David. It's been great. Yeah, talk to you then. Okay. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Kick Some ADHD with Dana Rayburn and David Johnson. Did you find this helpful? Please share it with everyone you know who, squirrel, uh, um, has ADHD. Or might, and leave a rating and a review in your podcast app. It helps other people find us. For more help with ADHD, including information on Dana's ADHD Success Club and episodes of Kick Some ADHD you've missed, go to kicksomeadhd.com.